everybody. This is Atkins. And this is Adam. We're bringing you an episode of Kyo Cinema. We're still doing that thing. We did it. This is two times in a row. Yeah, we're not quitting yet. And we only have like a handful of more movies. Uh, and the next one is the dreaded live action one, I'm pretty sure. That, <laughs> I don't know, like I'm kind of looking forward to watching again, I guess. Dragon Ball Evolution, correct. Yeah, yeah. I um, I don't know why, but I saw a resurgence of a clip I, to be clear, I think I've seen it once, and I recall very little of it. In in the scene that I saw a clip of, or maybe a gif of, making the round on Twitter recently, I did not recall at all. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it was like uh, the guy who plays Goku. I I say that as if he's not Goku. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he's uh, not. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> the Goku character like slides on his head over like a taxi or something. And oh that, yeah, that sounds really familiar. Like he does like a flip over it, and he's it, like they show his head sliding against it, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the most of that movie that I've seen probably since it came out, and I'm I'm about to have to break that streak. And I don't honestly don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I know the general population's feelings about it, and I know that we've made a joke of dreading it, but I don't know what I'm expecting when i sit down to it so yeah, it could fair. be an interesting from that perspective at least yeah i mean it it may not have aged well and it may be one of those things where it's so corny now that it's just as funny as like the other live actions and it's worth a watch just because it's like wow that's ridiculous you know and actually uh if you're listening to amp and you've heard us talk before i'm sure you've heard mention of the back patio network at some point in time uh but if you'll remember casey is a member of the bpn he plays on rocks and rune lords with me and i think he's been in a couple of other things but he was actually telling me that there is a lot of really interesting gotchas when it comes to that movie and how people got cast and there was apparently like a lot of lies that were sold to the cast members to get them to show up and then like they were there and the directors were like well we kind of lied but we're gonna go ahead and film because you're here so i've been (laughs) meaning to pick his brain to figure out like what all he's heard about that because he i think he's associated with the movie industry in some form or manner so i've I've got to do some research uh that i'm interested in but i i honestly remember that coming out in theaters and then watching it like renting it or something and just being so let down that i think i've just wiped it from my memory like i don't remember much about it other than the guy that plays goku reminds me of equals three a comedian that used to be on youtube if if there are any old youtubers out there so i'm gonna share this quote that i've had in a note um on my computer for like two years now okay Uh, i'm gonna let it out of the bag because it's marked for our discussion on dragon ball evolution and i'll have to find the source again because i stupidly didn't source it or, or note the source but it says Ben Ramsey, who I think was the director. Um, ben Ramsey apologized to fans, admitting that he was chasing a quote unquote big payday when he took the project on. So even Yikes. like people responsible for it were like, our B, you know? Yeah. Well, you <laughs> so, know, it's also one of those things too, where like that was probably one of the first live action adaptions that hit big stream media, you know, of, of any kind of anime, I would think. So They've come a long way. I mean, you know, I think there's been a lot of botched like anime to live action projects. And then we're kind of seeing this surgence of really good ones. Like I think One Piece was overall received incredibly well. And if you've seen the, I don't know that I really consider Last Avatar uh, anime. It's more, I don't know, that's more of like a Western cartoon in my opinion. Regardless though, uh, if you've seen the live action trailers for it, it looks like it's going to be awesome. So I don't know, maybe, maybe, uh, you know, it was just, uh, uh, like a leading the path. They're like, you know, 
what is the word I want to use? Trailblazing, I guess, for all of these yeah. new projects that are out there. And if we didn't have that awful DBZ movie from back in the day, maybe we wouldn't have some of the good stuff that's coming out. So, like, yeah, you got to give it its due, right? Yeah, somebody had to do it first so that others could do it better. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to... Man, you are so much better at words than me. <laughs> I write for a living, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to be... I have to be... Uh, very careful with the way I string words together, particularly because I'm trying to teach children and they need to remember what I'm teaching. So well, heck working with me is like working with a child, I would assume. So <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of children, oh, Lord, do we have to talk about this movie? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Um, yeah. we're going to be covering Dragon Ball GT colon here, uh, a hero's legacy. Uh, this movie was released March 26, 1997. And I say movie. It was, I think it was a, a TV, TV special. special. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it even has the little bumper breaks every 12 yep. to 13 minutes. Um, if you're familiar with GT, the placement of this one is actually really easy because they show you at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. uh, baby being destroyed by Super Saiyan 4 Goku. And there's at two sagas after that i think yeah, uh yeah, super 17 more. in the shadow dragon stuff with the mega shinron is it shadow dragon or demon dragon devil dragon yeah yeah, yeah something like that something, something like, like that. that some dragon stuff yeah and then the this introduces characters that you don't see again until the last episode like the back end of the last episode of gt where uh we we actually discussed that scene when we were talking, when we were ranking Super Saiyan transformations, do you even recall that conversation? Vaguely, very vaguely. So I think it was when the first, when we were discussing the first Broly movie, we talked about that we looked at like every Super Saiyan transformation, and we rated them. And uh, after having watching this, I realized that we we rated the wrong Goku Junior Super Saiyan transformation because yeah, he actually he pops it in, in this one first. Yeah, yeah, he pops it here first, and then. Uh, it's a it's an assumed thing uh, when they get to the tournament and show it uh, him and uh, Vegeta Jr. the the creatively named Goku and Vegeta Jr. Um, show each other Super Saiyan. So one of them like I'll show you mine if you show me yours, and then they do Super Saiyan basically. And yeah, it's, it's very. Do they even throw a punch at the end of that? It's been so long since I've seen it. Yeah, and I mean I don't care. <laughs> like <laughs> it's not canon. And these characters aren't real and don't exist, as far as I'm concerned. You know, it's like, I think that's my biggest qualm with this movie. Qualm is up for it. Whatever, I'm going to use it. Like, the fact that these characters are completely made up. And I mean, like, I get it. All of the damn characters are made up, right? That's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm getting to, though, is, like, these characters don't matter. They don't matter in any scope of anything else Dragon Ball related at all. Especially now that Super secedes GT in all of its entirety, right? Like these characters just don't exist in this universe anymore, period. So it gets difficult because, like, to some extent, even that scene, when I think back on it, I'm like, oh, yeah, they just redid Goten and Trunks, right? Because it's not too different from the first time they popped Super Saiyan in whichever Budokai tournament they were in. Yeah, they each went Super Saiyan first before the tournament, though. Sure, they did. They did. Um, and, And you know that, like, Super takes place after Z and before GT, I mean, I guess, but yeah, no, so like, like GT comes after, even though it was made before. It's yeah, weird. I, it, it is, but no one considers GT canon at all. So I'm not too yeah. like until a Toriyama comes out and says it's canon. I'm not worried about it. I so. will say this about Goku Jr. and Vegeta Jr. I didn't mind them in GT, but because I didn't mind them, I have no clue why this special exists, because it's like who wanted to who wants to sit down to 45 minutes of Goku Jr. backstory 
Uh, and w- I don't know. I, I just, I, every time I watched it, I was like, what is the point of this? Yes. <laughs> I was having that same thought. Like, what is this for? And the only thing I could think of, I have two theories. My first theory is that someone, some board director was like, we need more Dragon Ball content. What if we just put it a hundred years in the future? And then they made this, which was like a pilot and it failed. So they never did anything with it. And they just kept making more GT stuff. My other theory is very, very loosely based. Uh, The demonstration in this TV special is that the world has almost been reset in a way where like the monsters the that Goku Jr. fights are like Dragon Ball monsters. They're not powerful. Yeah. And yeah. Dragon Ball through GT even has had this continuing thing where like every single villain is more powerful than the last. However, the power demonstration that we see in Heroes Legacy and also later on in the last episode of GT is almost as if like a reset button's been hit. And so my theory is, is that before Goku passes away, because in this they show him like a grave site. So even if he did kind of show up as a ghost or something, we'll say that all of the Z warriors are dead, right? Earth has lost all of its protectors. They explicitly say that. They say the only person that is still around is Pan. Pan. Who's like a... She's like, a she's got to be like and She's hundred plus years old. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my theory is is that before the main Z fighters passed away, they had to have gathered the Dragon Balls and wished that no one more powerful than like Raditz could ever exist again or something, right? Because otherwise, the 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 power skill should con- keep continuing here, and it just doesn't. And my thought is that there was no need for it to, which means that at some point in time, they had to have figured out a way to stop all of the real Earth-destroying threats. Does that make sense? Yeah, I actually kind of like that theory. Yeah. Um, it also explains a little bit better than the movie itself does why the Dragon Balls have been relegated back to, like, fairy tale, basically. Yeah, because, like, some of the kids don't even believe in it. They're just like, oh, that stuff? Yeah, that's just a fairy tale. Yeah, I mean, a hundred years, that's two generations. and mm-hmm. And, like... I don't know. The, the Dragon Balls got used a lot um, prior <laughs> to people just for two generations just seems like too short a time for people to know about the Dragon Balls and then have formed the opinion that they were fairy tales all along. Well, if you think about the Dragon Balls, though, it is kind of a weird concept in the sense that, like, I mean, I, we can assume that they were pretty much not used at all for a very long time. And then all of a sudden, some random IT chick is just like, hey, I figured out a way to track these things. And then for like 45 years, they're used every other week, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then they just stopped getting used because the same 30 people died. <laughs> like, So it kind of makes sense that it would quickly fall back into, you know, fairy tale world, I guess. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Um you would think that there would always be some kind of a red ribbon army or someone kind of propagating this, like, Hey, go get the dragon balls and wish for stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's not even just the powerful people or the smart people that know that they exist. Uh, because like peel off my and Chu are chasing them down all the time. Yeah. Um, and they, they had exposure to them. People from not this planet know about chasing them. them down. Yeah. 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 So it's just like, how is everybody else on earth besides this teenage girl who stumbled across one in an attic not know what these things are? Because she, she, was it in the last movie that she like showed her work? Like she was yeah. like, yeah, I read this in these books. Yep. <laughs> you know, the other weird thing too, though, is that for the, and this is not something a hero's legacy or that last episode that I can think of touches on at all is that for the Dragon Balls to exist, someone has to be uh, Kai, right? Like, they have to have either Piccolo has finally taken over or is Dende still around? Like, who is 
who is providing the power to the Dragon Balls? Because they are, in essence, an extension of whoever is... Uh, it's, it's, Kai's not the right word. It's a... Uh, it's Kami, but it's Kami, it, yeah. it does specifically have to be a Namekian, though. Right. So, and, and Pan makes it sound like Piccolo has passed away. So is Dende still Kami, or did they get another Namekian from Planet Namek to come down and just I be like... Dende could live if Piccolo had died. Well, right. yeah, no, totally, absolutely, because they're not combined or anything that I'm aware of. Um, but it was just, it's a weird concept that, because, like, Pan should be really good friends with whoever that is. Yeah. And they're just nowhere to be found? Oh, that just seems kind of weird. There's a lot of little things in this where it was like, they just made this to make it. And I we're trying to make sense out of something that it didn't need to be made to begin with, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what the last 10 minutes of this podcast episode has been, is us going, why did this get made? Yeah, and then yeah. trying to rationalize it and then still picking at things that don't even come up in the movie. That don't even matter, <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's funny, too, because I think, honestly, my biggest problem with it was that they slapped GT on it. If they had just called this something else, I probably wouldn't care that much. But the fact is, like, I even have here at the end of my notes, because they the opening has, like, GT opening, and then the mm-hmm. end has like a GT closing. And and so I just put something in my notes like the outro feels like a weird slap in the face. Like, hey, look at all these characters you know and love that we didn't put in the movie. Right, right. <laughs> we do get to see some of the cast um, at the beginning of the movie. So well, let's go ahead and start working our way through it. So yeah, now the that intro... the audience is checked out because they don't want to hear us talk about <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We did not mean to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, What's what's funny is like before the first actual scene of the movie takes place, they are doing this like GT character montage thing. And the yeah. only note that I took during it was that a kidified adult Go- Goku like drops trow in front of his granddaughter and Vegeta's <laughs> son. Like, it, you know, the granddaughter thing, it's weird. But, you know, I, Goku's whatever. He's he's been naked in front of his own kids plenty of times or whatever. But if word ever got, like, if Trunks was ever like, yeah, you know, when we were on this other planet, Goku stripped down to nothing and then went and, you know, caught us a fish, Vegeta would be like, Kakarot, who is his age, but just a short, just a small person now. (laughs) Like, he showed Dong in front of you? That's so weird. (laughs) Um, So anyway, after that, we get Goku blowing up baby, uh, and we see a handful of characters that we know and love some of them got new drip too and i've really liked the look of some of these characters Yamcha looked dope like i mean for all the crap he gets he's like in a slick looking business suit he's got his hair pulled back like he looked really cool yeah roshi's rocking this like cool visor set of sunglasses kind of looking like x uh, like i said x clops cyclops from the (laughs) x-men um tn has this blue with a white cape tn i think i've said this on a previous episode he his aesthetic, the way that they draw him in his like general overall build, he's always been a sharp looking character. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, uh, they just draw him really well. Um, and then Krillin is nearing Silver Fox status. Uh, his hair is turned to like a charcoal gray, and we just kind of pan over. You see like Chi Chi, Bulma, Ox King, a couple other folks. Uh, but then we get whisked a hundred years into the future. <laughs> it's been a hundred years since Baby's defeat. Uh, and as we mentioned, Pan is the only one from that crew that's still around. She's a hundred plus year old and uh, she is currently in the process of training Goku Jr. who is Goku's great, great grandson. Yeah. And he's literally spitting image of kid Goku. He's even wearing a shirt that just says Goku on it. 
Yep. And they they appear to be at like a gravesite. They're paying respects to OG Goku. That's who I referred to him as in my notes. <laughs> I have Goku in quotes and OG Goku. <laughs> gotcha. So, uh, but yeah, they're they're paying respects to OG Goku, and Pan is trying to train uh, little Goku, Goku Junior, and it's just kind of like uh, um, watching a train wreck. You know, she's got him like up on top of this log, and he she wants him to just run with it, and he's trying to, but he's stumbling all over himself to the point where he falls off, and this log just completely rolls over him. And yeah. uh, then Pan's throwing baseballs at him, just as simple as like, hey, catch this baseball. She is throwing them incredibly hard. So when he goes to catch it, it just keeps going and smacks him in the face, even though he caught it in the mitt. And uh, she's just like, you know, hey, uh, why don't you try to catch that? And he's like, oh, I can't. You're throwing it way too hard. There's no way I could ever do it. And she's like, listen, you know, your, your great grandpa would never say no way. He always found a way. And she's trying to get him to just believe in himself a little bit. Like, dude, just... Just give it a shot. Just try. Like, you can do it. Stop saying you can't because you're failing right there, you know? And yeah, he absolutely has some self-esteem issues in here. Yeah. My, my favorite part about the training montage is that Pan breaks out the big rolling log trick that we saw Goku do in, like, every Dragon Ball, early Dragon Ball movie, where he's, like, rolling that log yeah. back to his house, you know? Yep. Well, that was, like, um, his mode of Goku transportation. Goku was better at it. You know, for a while, it felt like. Say it again. I feel like that was like a mode of transportation for him. You know, it's like either <laughs> yeah. he was like swinging amongst the trees or rolling on logs. We get uh, he does have Goku's appetite, though, because he does say that he's hungry. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, if he yeah. inherited not much else from Goku besides his aesthetic and his appetite, that's not the kind of loadout that you would want in, <laughs> no, it's in not. your hero. <laughs> yeah, like if, if the things you get, you know, inherit from Goku are just his appetite, you're in for some bad times. Yeah. I was trying to figure out. So. Goku Jr. is what one sixteenth Saiyan. Yeah, I'm I'm bad at the fractional math, but so like if so, Gohan is half. Gohan has Pan, who, who is a quarter. a quarter. Yeah. So then the quarter gets diluted to an eighth, an eighth, which would then get diluted to a sixteenth, right? Yeah, I yeah. think that's right. Yeah, and and Pan's kids. No, not even mentioned. Not mentioned like, at all. Yeah, I was wondering, die? are they off to work? Did they die? Because, yeah, I mean, it seems like they're just nowhere to be found at all. Yeah, because like later on, Goku's like, what am I going to do if my grandma dies? Which is a very kid thing to say, but it makes it sound like if she dies, I have nobody left. Like, where are well, your parents? <laughs> that seems to be the case because, like, you know, we, we see the inside of Pan's house. There aren't pictures of her and some kids and him. Yeah. It's just her and him. Yeah. So, it was yeah, odd. It is odd. Uh, but anyways, we, we kind of get transported back into the city. Goku's at school, or Goku Jr.'s at school. His class has been dismissed, and he's being picked on by a couple of bullies. Um, not really noteworthy of their names, other than the main bully, whose name is Puck. And, uh, I mean, he kicks Goku down the stairs and takes his, his like, uh, Capsule Corp pin, uh, which I, that was kind of another thing. I was a little shocked that we didn't get any Vegeta Jr. here at all. Like, because you would think Pan yeah. and... and the Capsule Corp descendants would at least be friendly or something. You know what I mean? Maybe Vegeta Jr. is still living in that, like, Capsule Corp compound. Yeah, yeah. And he's just being homeschooled. But what's interesting... I think Trunks was being homeschooled, because he didn't go to public school, did he? I don't remember that. But, so, anyways, uh, yeah, so, you know, they're they're kind of bullying up on Goku Jr., and uh, he just doesn't put up a fight at all. Like, he just gives them whatever they want, and even they're just like, well, that's no fun. Like, we know you've been training with your grandma. She's awesome. Like, she kicks butt. We know how strong she is. You must be training to fight, so why don't you fight? And he doesn't put up a fight at all. He just gives them over whatever they want. And they just end up leaving because they're like, well, this isn't any fun. You're just a wimp. 
And he gets home and he kind of tells, you know, Grandma Pan what's been going on. And she actually kind of gets onto him, too. Like, hey, look, you can't just let bullies walk off with your stuff. Like, stick up for yourself, you know? And he just says he didn't want to fight. And, you know, even if he had put up a fight, it was three on one that he would have just gotten beaten up. And Pan's, again, kind of laying into him. Like, look, you got to stick up for yourself. And as she's kind of getting this out, she has a heart attack or something happens. She she cripples, falls over, and uh, she's immediately transported to the hospital we get transitioned to there where it's just Goku at her bedside, you know, begging her not to leave, begging her not to leave him alone. He'll train. He'll do whatever it takes. He'll go as strong as he needs to. Just don't die, basically. Yeah. Uh, and then she does the thing, well, nearly does the thing that she told him not to do. <laughs> she, like, keels over, seems to be suffering from a heart attack. And so we get whisked um, to Satan City Hospital. The school that we were at earlier was also Satan City Primary School. Um, and again, no parents in sight. So like if her kids are alive, they don't come to the hospital. No. Um, at, at all, like not in this scene, not in, uh, they're not mentioned yeah. period. Yeah. Yeah. They just are. Yeah. They're absent. And and that's one of those things where it's like, whatever, it's a small detail, but why, but it's yeah. Like, why would you just exclude them like that? Anyway, um, next time they try to take something from me, I'll beat them all up. Goku Jr. exclaims, just don't die on me. And uh, Pan explains that her dad, Gohan, trained with Piccolo for a year and he still ran away from his first fight. And real strength is having the courage to stand up for what's right. And then she says, and I was like, do you hear yourself? She says, you remind me so much of your great, great grandfather. You're exactly like him in every way. Like before those three words, I'd have been like, oh, she's talking about the fact that he looks exactly like Goku. Um, but he does not reflect Goku's character or very much of anything besides his aesthetic um, this early on. Um, and it's just, it was just a weird thing to say. She knew Goku. She knows that Goku Jr. is no spitting image outside of the, his physiology. It's this very weird forced thing. And I almost feel like too, it's a little uh, antithesis of Goku. Like in the sense that Goku, I felt like he was always kind of like, no, like be your own self. Even with Gohan, he got to a point where like, yeah, he did try to make him fight and do things that Gohan wouldn't do. But after the Cell Saga, he kind of had that realization of like, oh, he does things his own way. Okay, that's fine. I, I don't feel like OG Goku would be like, yeah, be like me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it, it feels like a forced concept here. Yeah, she's trying to, you know, raise his spirit some because he's in panic mode and for reasonable reasons but he he explains that he can't be strong without you and he stops and even asks a nurse that uh she says or he says she's not gonna die is she um because <laughs> i can't live like without shrugs. my grandma <laughs> yeah she's like i can't answer that question so he runs out into the rain uh, and goes back again to an empty home now it's an unsupervised child oh the other thing that uh is further proof for the fact that the parents of Goku Jr. just non-existent for whatever reason, is that the mailbox on the outside of that house has, like, caricatured faces of Pan and Goku Jr., and that's it. Yeah, but it also um, says son. It does. Well, that's the Which, son family is, like, the kind of, the, like, the surname for right. Goku and his descendants. But that wouldn't be Pan's surname or her kids. Uh, I mean, it could be if she, like, got divorced or something, maybe. I don't know. Well, yeah, no, I guess I'm thinking, like, if she were to have gotten married, then she would have a new surname, right? And then her kids would not have the son's surname. So now you're telling me that Pan's a hoe. 
Listen, I didn't come out of this movie with that perception. I'm not of Pan, saying Pan's a hoe. No, it all I'm brain. saying is Pan had to have gotten with somebody that would have produced children with her, and if they got married, then she would have received that name, right? Am I misunderstanding yeah, how surnames work entirely? It's no different than like <laughs> when my wife no. married me, she just no longer has her old last name. She has my maybe last she's name. maybe she's that modern woman who's like i'm gonna keep my family name even Which after totally i get married fine. maybe that's what happened it just felt like another weird thing because it's definitely not like the original son family home this is like in the middle of a city no. or something so again it was just another one of those like but why <laughs> yeah well he sees a picture of pan holding on to a dragon ball and he's reminded of the conversation about the quote-unquote magic dragon balls his words not pan's uh, and he seems totally uninterested. He just turns back to play his video games, but he learned just enough in that couple of seconds of dialogue where uh, Grandma Pan was trying to teach, to tell of her adventures yeah. um, to her grandson uh, to know that the Dragon Ball has the power to make Pan well again. And for the entirety of this movie, um, he's convinced that it's anyone will do it. So he missed out on some significant pieces of information. I don't even know that he knows that there's more than one because he kind of may not. He just makes it seem like he's only aware of the one. And I was also kind of shocked too, because he immediately is set off to go to Mount Palzu or pals as I think the English dub called it, but it's, it, you know, the original mountain that Goku was found on that he grew up with on go uh, with Gohan. And he just assumes that there would be a dragon ball there because yeah, reasons. That's one of the dumbest things in this movie. And there are more than a couple of dumb things in this movie, I'm just in my opinion. shocked that Pan didn't have a Dragon Ball radar. Like, you think that that would be something she would have had somewhere. And I can understand kind of like Goku Jr. maybe not being aware of that, I guess. But it just felt like it would be a, a more prominent thing for her to have talked to him about. Or just for her to have a Dragon Ball. Right. Or for Capsule Corp to still be holding on to them for sa- all of them for safekeeping. Yeah, yeah. It feels weird that they just all kind of got let go. Yeah, but the, the the sillier part, even than all of that, is that he makes the assumption, which I thought was a piss-poor assumption, because I think that it, I still think that it is, well, I'll go to Mount Powell's because great, or because Grandma said that great-great-grandfather used to have a ball in his house up there, which is true to canon, but that was years and years and years ago. Those Dragon Balls have moved around a lot, and he still gets proven right somehow like how did that ball end up back there unless unless the only thing i could think of was that out of some sort of like uh post-mortem respect or or some sort of ritual by the z fighters like after goku they, they died took the four star ball back there yeah and yeah. turned his old house into like a kind of a shrine but if that's true they didn't do anything to upkeep it no like the house <laughs> was wrecked whenever goku jr gets there and if it had been yeah. sacked by someone you would assume that they would have taken more than just yeah, I don't know. There's so many weird little plot holes like this. Uh, but either way, Goku Jr. decides he's going to pack up and he heads out. And on his way leaving the city, uh, he passes those same bullies again. And they're chastising him. And like two or three of them are kind of ganged up around him. And it's raining. And they start to pick on him. And he sort of does a weird like mini power up and sort of shocks them away. And I mean, they don't get like blown back or anything, but they do get, I guess, a little spooked is what you could say. And and he just keeps on walking and then he walks right past Puck, who doesn't try to hurt him at all. Um, so we kind of get our first little instance here of him sort of showing a little bit of like latent powers. And a little bit of 
his great-great-grandfather's character. Here's where I think that we see it for the first time. And it comes and goes, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but here, you know, if he thinks that there's a chance, he will do what's necessary to save somebody. Right. And Goku, I think, that's a that's a very, that's very great-great-grandpa Goku. Goku mentality. Definitely. Uh, and we catch up with him on the road uh, here a little bit. It, it, you can't really tell how much time has passed, but probably not much. And because he's, you can see the city in the background. Uh, but he's sort of in the middle of the desert. He's exhausted. He like literally topples over. He's got this massive backpack, and eighteen wheelers are blowing past him, just just covering him in dirt. And then another one stops and actually offers him a ride. So of course he takes it. And the inside of this eighteen wheeler is absolutely disgusting. Like there's just literally <laughs> trash everywhere. And uh, they, they go so far, uh, it doesn't really say or show how long that these two travel together, but uh, effectively the trucker stops to tell Goku, like, hey, we're about to be going for a long time. You know, you got to get out and take a leak. So he, he hops out, and then the dude takes all of his food and throws his backpack at him, and then just takes off with all of Goku's food. Yeah, this I have in my notes, this is either something else he didn't learn from Pan or something that... Pan tried to teach him, but he ignored. Right. Uh, which is don't get into cars with strangers. Now, if this were Goten or Trunks at this age, they could have gotten away with this because they were going to be magnitude stronger than some trucker that would try to strong arm them. But they also were capable of flight. So yeah. the argument is moot. Yeah. This Goku should not, he should have known better and that this was a, this was a bad life decision. Uh, and he's lucky that all it, all it really cost him was his food. <laughs> That's a fixable situation. I don't know GT well enough to have the answer to this. Can Pan fly? I feel like there's like some kind of a weird in canon reason she can't. Cause I know she can't go super Saiyan cause she's got, I think she's too diluted from the Saiyan blood or something, which I mean, why Goku Jr. can do it. I don't know, but right. I can't remember. I know that the the picture that I have in my head of her flying is when she's like got these butterfly wings from Doc in battle. I think she does. She must because I mean, hell, in the super movies, when she's a child, she's learning how to do it and pulls it off. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure that she does. I don't recall any instances where like Goku or Trunks was having to carry her around anyway. But again, I've only seen GT once and it's been a, a long time. But it just seems like one of those things that she would have taught him at least. Because, I mean, every little kid wants to learn how to fly at some point. My son's four and wants to fly. He tells me that every day. So, you know, <laughs> I'm just shocked that, like, if she did know that she wouldn't have just taught Goku, this would have been a total moot point. But either way, you know, he gets out and he uh, he basically goes over. Like, luckily enough, he got dumped, like, right outside of a, a truck stop, basically, right? Because it's like there's a little, like, market there. And um, he, he actually notices that... Uh, Puck is like standing right outside of this little mart and uh, he kind of walks up and Puck is just like, well, what happened to you? And he explains everything and Goku's like, well, why are you out here? And Puck is like, look, I'm cutting school and I'm hiking all over the place to find you because if you're going to go up to Mount Pals, I want to see you get eaten by this demon lord. And so, you know, Goku Jr. is just like, well, uh, you're coming with me? Well, okay, let's do it then. And uh, he says that nothing will stop them. He's like, nothing's going to stop me from saving my grandmother. And Puck is like, well, what? Not even, you know, not having any food? And so Puck runs into the supermarket and steals a big buggy full of food. And there's like literally two scenes here. I think it's like two frames where it shows the man that is chasing them out of that market. And I swear he sounds and looks just like Mr. Satan. I know it's not him, but it was just kind of a funny little thing. <laughs> I'm, I must have missed that. But a detail that I did pick up on here um, is that Goku Jr. is rocking a bandana just like Bardock. Yeah, yeah. 
And did you get the feeling that Puck was supposed to be like a Krillin character, kind of? Like Dragon Ball Krillin? Because he kind of picks on Goku Jr., but then he kind of befriends him. Yeah, uh, it's... Thank God that he was there. Uh, let's just say that. Because, like, well, following... Mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, for multiple reasons that the plot will reveal shortly, but just from a narrative, like a... I mean, he's a MacGuffin, right? Like, he just gets Goku Jr. into the next scenario. Almost throughout the entirety of this TV special. Well, I don't think I could have watched this if it was just Goku Jr. on an adventure. Um, (laughs) You know know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. Like, the biggest, one of the biggest pros that I think that this movie does deliver somewhat on is that adventure flavor, and I've talked about liking that. Um, So that raised my rating up a a good bit, uh, because it delivers on that front, but adventure by itself without characters that I can enjoy watching for extended periods of time doesn't doesn't do much it doesn't do it and puck is fine yeah so read between that line (laughs) (laughs) yep yep well this is kind of weird too though so like they're on this like flying buggy and they're like flying down the interstate on this little thing and they've got all these groceries that they just stole and then they fly off the side of the mountain and slide down to the bottom of the hill with no food yeah what okay (laughs) <laughs> nothing in the cart but there's definitely a lot of food because like at the very next scene they're, they're chomping down on massive amounts of food in the uh at a fire the cart <laughs> didn't come with them so i was just like how did this happen but okay whatever yeah and so there there, there is some kind of weird scenes in between where like they're chasing each other around with pissy hands and they're i mean i have that exact <laughs> phrase pissy hands <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> but i did like that they got into every boy does this i think um the competitive peeing about who can pee further yeah yeah um that was i that that made me laugh a, a good little bit because they're both peeing like you know standard stream and then goku's goes a little bit further out and then pucks <laughs> goes a little bit further out that made me laugh i feel like that's such a like weird not weird it's just an anime trope like with when you've got little kids like that they're gonna have you know funny little things um but then like nighttime comes they're eating all this food and goku mentions that he's looking for a dragon ball and this is where puck is like he believe in that mumbo jumbo that's wild and uh he he's saying though that pan is just too tough to actually be sick he thinks that she's gonna be fine because she's just way too tough and i think it's really cool that pan has made a name for herself as like a 115 year old woman (laughs) you know like (laughs) this seven year old is very aware of the fact that pan can kick his butt and he's recalling a time when he was actually fighting some other kids and he had like a baseball bat that he was going to take into combat and pan was just like yeah don't do that like weapons are disrespectful if you're gonna fight has street red (laughs) yeah exactly uh so so Puck actually ends up giving uh, Goku Jr. back the pin, and I, you can tell that they're kind of becoming friends here. Uh, they get surrounded by some rabid wolves, and the wolves attack the kids. Puck's trying to fight them off with some fire. Goku literally just books it, like just leaves Puck behind, doesn't even ditches think twice, Puck. just ditches him. Yeah, uh, He gets cornered against a tree, and he starts kind of like lashing out with that sausage that he was eating. The wolves take a bite. Uh, we transition back over to Puck. He was actually saved by a woman that is shooting at the wolves. And then once the wolves are gone, the woman and Puck can't find Goku. They don't see him anywhere. And we have a moment here where the wolves attack Goku Jr. And we see him kind of like swiftly punch or something. And then when the, the two characters find Goku again, he's at the top of this tree. So I don't know if it was like an instant teleportation or a flight thing, but he seems to have at least fought off the wolves kind of off camera. I think that what happened was he had his own little uh, Gohan moment of uh, almost like amnesiac flight. Yeah. Uh, like there were a couple of times in early Dragon Ball where Gohan would uh, feel imperiled and then suddenly he would fly, but he couldn't remember 
you know, how it was that he ended up where he ended up. Right. Um, so that's that's how I interpreted that is Goku like jumped, uh, got up to the top of this tree, didn't know how he got up there, has no clue how he's going to get down. And neither do we like the puck and the woman are standing looking up at him. We don't show how they got him down. And this is not a small tree. Um, so I guess they had to encourage him to climb down or they had to go up and get him down because God knows they didn't chop it down. So <laughs> He was crying so hard. Like, Goku Jr. literally whines and cries throughout the entire oh movie. Oh, my gosh. I, I sent Atkins a message jokingly saying, like, hey, instead of holler minutes, should we do whining minutes? Because <laughs> that's all that happens in this one. Um, yeah, my response was, if, basically, if you'd given that idea to me a week ago, I would have done <laughs> it, but I'm not watching it again today to, <laughs> to scratch that itch you know, yeah. curiosity. They end up at a cabin for a feast. This lady takes them in. Um, puts a lot of food on the table, which is, it shouldn't feel like a red flag, but in situations like this, this is red flag. Somebody's trying to fatten you up, pals. Yeah. Um, very handsome and, and that's, Yeah. Yeah. Um, she even says that she has warm beds for them when they're finished and she steps out into the hall and we find out she plans on eating them. She kind of morphs into her troom form and we, I don't think we get many of their names. Maybe we get her name them. later. Her name's Mumba. And I think yeah, the Mamba. like lizard character kind of refers to her, but basically she, her name is Mamba. And then there's a light fixture that turns into a chicken. His name is Torga. And there's like this ooze that comes out from under the floorboards and turns into this sort of like frog lizard demon. And his name is Susha or so, Susha. Uh, whatever. This was my, this might be my most mind boggling piece of Dragon Ball trivia is talking about the voice actors for these guys. So, uh, Mamba, uh, why did I not write this lady's name down? Whoever plays her, <laughs> I just have her list of characters. So, uh, she plays Zangia in the, um, what's that dude's name? I forgot. Bojack movie. Um, in GT, she plays Goten's girlfriend. Uh, she plays one of the weird alien kids in the first Broly movie. And then in Dragon Ball Z, she plays Lem uh, Lemlia. Do you even remember who that is? Lemlia? Lemlia. And this is all, I think it's all filler in Z. I don't remember but that it's, name. It's the planet where the big Shakespeare bug story plays out oh, and then it yeah. has this happy ending and then <laughs> yeah. Vegeta just blows their asses up. <laughs> he just like commits she plays the female. Uh, yeah, she plays the female in that, and that's called, her name is Lemlia. Torga is played by Sabat. That's the. Uh, he played a lot of characters man. in this. You could t you, like hear his voice. In multiple places, I felt like. Then Susha, though, was played by Peter Mayhew. Really? Like, yeah. Like Wookiee? Like Chewbacca. Chewbacca? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? That's <laughs> out of nowhere. And it is the Peter Mayhew. It's not some dude named Peter Mayhew. It's the dude. Um, that's wild. As best I could tell. I was like, where? Where did that happen? How did that happen? Yeah, that's but, pretty crazy. Yeah, what? and then we'll we'll later on we'll meet Yao, who's the demon the king, or what do they call him? Pig king, um, the the demon lord. Demon lord. Yeah. He's played by Bryce Armstrong, who's Ginyu and yeah. uh, Lord Slug. But uh, anyway, Mamba's like, you two can split the little one, but uh, the fat one is all mine. And Goku and Puck end up in bed for sure. And Goku Junior's like, this sounds weird, but I don't trust her for some reason. And his instincts are right because uh, not. 
not long, it, it seems, after he mutters those words that she walks into their room with a knife and... Straight up like Lord of the Rings is like... Yeah. Yeah, because they're, they're like the, looking into the room from the outside and they see her stabbing where they were. Yeah, I wrote in my notes too that she grabs a knife that would make Cloud Strife blush <laughs> because it's this freaking massive butcher's knife. It really was. And she stabs at the pillows and um, Puck was like, he was surprised. We didn't cover this line earlier, but... Um, Puck explained to Goku at the gas station that you should never trust nice people when you're on the road. And so Goku says, that's how I knew because she was being nice. And you told me not to trust people that are nice when you're yeah, out through the road yeah. or on the road. So they end up running through the house. This and animation sequence is so frustrating to me. And I know it's a little silly nitpicky thing, but they were on the outside of the house. She slams the windows open, knocking them off the house. The very next scene, they're in the hallway running away from her. <laughs> and I was like, what? Yeah, it was a little weird transition. <laughs> it was, yeah. Uh, they, they fall through a trap door to the basement where a giant pot is being heated. Mm-hmm. She wants to make some uh, special pasta is what she calls it. And uh, they're going to be the meatballs. And Goku says something along the lines of like, yeah, but you were so nice and pretty before. Someone that beautiful would never hurt us. And she's just fawning over herself. And as she's doing that, they try to sneak off. And she's like, all right, just for that, you're going to die first. And she uses her hair like a whip and picks up Goku by his throat. Puck takes action. He he picks up a barrel that he's going to throw at her. But then a bunch of skeletons fall out and he gets freaked out. <laughs> so he goes and grabs a cooking pan instead. And she just doesn't really wait any longer. She summons a scythe, and she's about to slice Goku in half. He's gone unconscious. But as she starts to slice him, it's like powers like just come out of nowhere. He kind of powers up and does like this weird little mini key blast and knocks her back up against the wall. And uh, she drops the scythe. Puck flips the bowl entirely and just knocks out all of the, the juice. And then they're able to just run and get away to this like rickety bridge. Did you notice what happened to his eyes in that scene? Yeah, they kind of went Goku white, Juniors. totally. Like uh, they went cyan. Oh, they yeah, went yeah. The, like that, that, like, that, like, that, like super blue. saiyan. Um, yeah, the way that the black peoples of Goku turn that like tealish yeah. cyan color when he goes super saiyan for a split second. Um, so that was our. This is what our second hint that he's got this hidden power. But this. This is a whole. Like when I saw the eyes, I mean, of course, I knew that he popped super saiyan. At, uh, at the end of GT, but I was just like, all right, I guess we're, I guess we're doing this. Part of me wonders if I know I'm trying to keep making things make sense here, but like, I feel like in DBZ and even in, in later stuff like Dragon Ball Super, yeah, Goten and Trunks are able to pop Super Saiyan pretty easily. Uh, but that's kind of an experience thing, right? Like once they figured out how to do it, they could tell the kids how to do it. In this case, he has no one to tell him because Pan can't go Super Saiyan. And he gets triggered so easily on things that he almost pops Super Saiyan a few times. It almost would make more sense that he has the Broly gene in him. You know, like somehow he's gotten, I don't know if it's like a Skips Generation Saiyan kind of thing, but what if he is like that unbridled rage Saiyan that Broly has in him and it's just popped back up, you know, like a, like a, constant in in the saiyan genetic line or something and that's why he's so easily just able to kind of pop super saiyan like that well i would like that more like it would be cool if he just went like total blind rage crazy saiyan this is easily the most unearned super saiyan transformation of all time i 100 percent agree he didn't even know that he like what that would be you know yeah and like super saiyan is a is a 50 multiplier i'm i'll be generous his power level might be like Five to ten. His Super Saiyan you know? might be base Raditz. Yeah, like uh, yeah, that's and, the, and that, again, that's being generous. Um, but it, yeah, it's just 
it's just odd. And they, they're like teasing it like, oh, oh, do you see what we're doing? And I'm like, yes, yes, and it's dumb. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we're back at the bridge. Puck says that they've got to get across uh, the bridge. And he's like, you know, when we get back, I'm going to train with you and Pan. And, you know, like, I got to. Like, this is, uh, I can't get in these situations anymore. And Goku straight up won't cross the bridge because he's scared of heights. <laughs> Puck tries to show him, like, dude, there's nothing wrong. Like, you don't have to be scared. And he makes it across totally fine. Goku starts to walk across the bridge. He stops and looks down, and he gets so nervous that he buckles. And then the wind blows. The bridge is walking back and forth. And then the bridge breaks out of nowhere for some reason. And, like, Puck has to try to come and rescue him. And really, Goku is just hanging off this bridge. He's crying. And as Puck reaches out to try to grab him, the bridge completely breaks. Puck just falls into a black chasm and somehow Goku falls onto like the side of the cliff, totally not injured, climbs his way back up and then just hey, kind of it's a boo boo. I mean, yeah, they do actually show him putting on a band aid, So I guess he does get yeah. a boo boo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I also like too that uh, when Goku says that he's afraid of heights, Puck says, oh, yeah, well, I'm scared of pretty blue man eating she demons with butcher knives. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was like the highlight of this yep. movie was that line. Mumba reminds me of I don't think she uh, was canon. I think she's in a filler episode. But do you remember the snake lady on Snake Way? Yeah, yeah she looks yeah. kind of like that. Man, I thought when I, when he put on that Band-Aid in this scene, it would have been so great if it had been a Mr. Satan Band-Aid. I so badly wanted a Mr. Satan reference other than just the names of places, like just his yeah. afro or something, you know? That would have been good, too. Yeah. Well, Goku climbs out, tends to his boo-boo, catches a quick ramen lunch. He hallucinates seeing Puck encourage him to cross a fallen tree bridge. Um, and when he crosses it, a bear cub comes like bursting through the grass pursued by uh, Susha. Um, and initially, Goku runs away. Like, he just turns <laughs> yeah, around just, and starts running. He just turns around. Yeah, just abandons the bear. <laughs> but he eventually asks, what would Puck do? And what would Grandma do? And so he's reminded of what Pan said about having the courage to stand up for what is right. And so he goes back and does his best to try to defend this little little baby bear. Yeah, so Susha says that he is wanting to eat a cub sandwich. And in my notes, I had that instead he gets a club sandwich because Goku just whacks him over the head. I hate all of it. <laughs> I thought you would. <laughs> uh, but the, this demon does recognize Goku as the one who escaped from Mumba. And so he attacks Goku and literally eats him whole, like just straight up puts his mouth entirely around uh, Goku. And, and it seems like Goku's done for, but then he kind of has another weird little power up where he literally sends Susha flying. Uh, so like a bottle rocket. Yeah. Yeah. Like a bottle rocket. Uh, he bandages up the cub and he's telling the cub like his entire story of why he's there. And he tells the cub about how Puck is probably dead. And then the mama bear comes out of nowhere, starts attacking Goku. Uh, the, the baby bear stops, steps in and, and like diffuses the situation. They're all friends. Mama bear picks up Goku and puts him on her back and starts walking off. And Goku's first thought is like, Oh, they're going to take me to the dragon ball. Yeah, my first thought would have been, oh, I'm in danger. <laughs> You're going to take me back to the den and just eat it me just at home. Me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, like, we transitioned to them and, and wa like, walking down uh, uh, just kind of like this foresty area and, like, up across this mountain. And he actually does see what he thinks is his great-great-grandpa's old house. And they start to approach, but as they do, all three demons from the house before, Susha, Torga, and Mumba, attack and uh, Mumba and Targa are like flirting and I guess they're a thing um, which felt odd to include that but either way like there's literally another demons can love too I never said they couldn't it just felt out of place for some reason to me um, <laughs> but but it's great because Susha is just like 
hey guys, he's getting away. And they transition back over and Goku and all of the bears are just running again. He does so much running away from situations in this movie. Yep. Yeah. So he's cautioned that the kid has strange powers. And, and he talks Yeah, he, he talks like the lawyer from Futurama, the chicken lawyer. <laughs> oh yeah, he kinda um, does. <laughs> there's a there's a classic Dragon Ball mooning, which uh trivia on the internet said that it was the first appearance of a taunt in a film since Bio Broly when Trunks did it. Huh. Uh and Trunks showing ass to somebody is totally a thing. Yeah, definitely. That's like a calling card for him, I feel like. Yeah, but they in their flight from the other three, they run into Yao himself, and he's this large porcine looking thing, mm-hmm. maybe like a bat thing. I think um, the internet described him as a pig demon. Yeah, that would be poor sign. But he also, like, his nose looked kind of batty and his ears were kind of batty. I agree, I um, agree. What's wild is how big he is. Like, at some point in time, the when the mama bear is fighting him, she stands up on her back legs, which black bears are huge. And he was towering over her. So, like, this thing, this Lord Yao is just a really, really big demon. Yeah, and he doesn't, he shoots first and asks questions yeah, later. Shoot he shoots Goku balls. with a cannonball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah fired from his hand and then some lasers from his nose when Goku stands up from that. And Goku's trying to figure out what he did. And Yao's just like, well, you're a human. And so yeah, the it. mama bear uh, comes to the rescue, latches on to Yao's back, gets clubbed. The bear cub falls. Mama bear keeps coming uh, or keeps them from getting stepped on by Yao. And then uh, he just gets rocked, man. Like the, the bear does rather. Yao just combos and then ends up in this like using his he's able to like morph parts of his body. So he turns uh, his arm into a cannon earlier and now he turns it into like a tree as he begins to choke the mom bear. Yeah. And then eventually like punches her off a cliff <laughs> and then follows yeah. them down and just keeps fighting. He's like assaulting the bear and chokes her out with the, the like uh, tree shaped hand. And the whole time Goku and the cub are looking on just watching this. And Goku kind of has this moment of realization where he's like, oh, she's distracting him so we can get away. So he grabs the cub, runs off. But the cub is losing its mind and is able to escape from Goku's arms. And and he, the cub turns around and starts to run towards Lord Yao. And when Goku realizes that they're probably going to die, he pops Super Saiyan. And then, like, the moment he pops Super Saiyan, it's like he just knows martial arts. And he knows instant yeah. teleportation. And, like... I have that in my notes, too. Yeah, like, he just... <laughs> he's just... All of a sudden, he's real good at fighting. Yeah, like, he just pops right in front of Lord Yao and just does all these massive combos and takes him out pretty easily, really. Like, I mean, he takes Lord Yao down in just a handful of punches. He punches him into the side of the mountain, and Yao passes out. And then the other three demons are like, what the hell? And they just run off. Goku deforms, uh, passes out, and then he's awoken by the club, the, the baby cub licking him, and he doesn't remember anything. He thinks the mom bear fought off Lord Yao, so he's just like, wow, yeah. you're a strong bear. Yeah, they do finally move uh, from that space, get to the house, find the ball, and I just have in my notes, I have questions that we've already discussed, and it's even the four-star ball, which was, it has to have that been just felt more like a fan pandering thing yeah. than anything. but. Uh, he steps outside and he tries to summon the dragon. Um, he doesn't know how to do it, so he's treating it. Uh, he puts his hands, palms um, together in front of his face, much like he's praying to Shenron instead of trying to shum, uh, summon him. Um, and he just wants Grandma and Puck to be well. And it's kind of sad to watch him try. Yeah. Uh, and then also get frustrated because he's like, start screaming, you know, Shenron, you're my last hope. Why won't you grant my wish? What did I do wrong? 
And then he throws the ball away, and it lands at somebody's feet. Yeah, OG Goku is just like, hey, silly, didn't you know you need all seven, you big old goof? <laughs> he's so, he's just so Goku, you know? Like, even in this moment, I was just like, gosh, it's that guy. And uh, he introduces himself as Grandpa Goku, and he says he's been watching Goku, and that he's getting pretty strong. And little Goku is just like, no, I'm really, really weak. And, you know, the the OG Goku is like, no, you're not. Like, you're not weak. And, and little Goku says, well, am I brave too, Grandpa? And he's like, yeah, you are. You're real brave. You're my grandson. You have to be brave. It's in my blood. and uh he explains that like puck died and literally as he's saying like oh well my friend puck died puck flies over in a helicopter with pan and uh, as he turns back to express his happiness to og goku he's no longer standing there and uh you kind of hear this like ghost whisper from og goku that's like it wasn't the dragon ball it was your courage and love i'm proud of you stay pure that's your armor Good lord. Uh, it's horrible. <laughs> yeah, and Goku says the last the last couple things here, Goku saying, that's the same ball my grandpa gave to me when I was your age. Keep it safe and I'll always be near. And then you get uh, like this image of I have it in my notes as Goku posing for his school picture. Yeah. Like he's like got the like arm crossed over in his head and his hand. Yeah. It's so weird. They fly off into and the then, sunset. Uh, yeah, and then we get the GT rap, which I'm not uh, uh, I don't hate no, it. No, I wasn't. I actually kind of like, like the GT The rap. intro and the outro. So when I first watched the intro, I wasn't sure what I was getting into. And I was pumped. I was like, hell yeah, we're going to get some cool GT stuff. And then it was like a hundred years later. I was like, crap. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> so again, you know, the outro shows all these really cool montages of like the GT characters and, and just kind of their new aesthetics. And I thought that stuff looked really cool. Like there was a part of me that wanted to go watch GT. Um, I didn't, but I kind of wanted to. I have been watching Kai for the first time. Kai's a blast. Um, like, yeah, it moves much faster. I will say that much oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, dude, I remember being a kid and watching OG DBZ, and it would just take forever. And Kai just cuts <laughs> out all the filler and, and a lot of the nonsense screaming that we kind of like to poke fun at. Um, Kai's good. Yeah, I, I really struggle with Gohan, Kid Gohan's voice actor, Me though. Me too. Like, it's not uh, my that's, Gohan. That's my biggest gripe so far. Yeah, it's just not my Gohan, and it, that's hard to separate. I think. Um, yeah, but I was gonna say either way. Um, you know, as far as this movie goes, I did try to do some like researching as for like just for some fun trivia facts. You did a really good job sprinkling in what you found. The only thing I found that I thought was interesting was apparently uh, this was the first movie slash special that got released in Hungary. Uh, apparently, they didn't get any <laughs> other movies. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Well, they're going to remain hungry for Dragon Ball content, apparently. No joke. Nah, I'm sorry. You had to do I it. I apologize. That's okay. He went there. Let's talk about Holler Minutes. Um, <laughs> a Hero's Legacy has 0. .08 Holler Minutes. Uh, now, it would have been, that's the lowest of any movie so far. Um, that's just like a, fr- a couple of seconds of I can't think of when there was even any hollering. There, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. I watched this movie the fewest times of anything that we've oh, watched so far. I watched it one time um, and was like, yeah, I don't need to watch this again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched it at least twice. Uh, normally, I watch these at least three times. But this one, I was like, I, I just can't do it. It's not even long, but it just wasn't uh, good. It um, felt long. So I couldn't tell you where the seconds came from, but I used the same kind of checklist for when to start the stopwatch and when to stop it. And point zero eight is... That that's the least amount of hollering. Now, if we had counted like you had said, crying and whining, it would be it it would be wrong to say that it would be in contention for even like the top 
10 movies, but it certainly wouldn't have been in last place. No, definitely not. Uh, well, I'm curious, man. What did you rate this movie? What did you rate this movie? So when I finished this, I struggled to think of a rating because I had there was a part of me that was like, this doesn't even feel like a Dragon Ball movie. Like the characters are so far removed from the characters I know and unnecessarily so like they could have easily have just done Pan's kids and it would have felt the same, if not better, because they're at least more relevant. They probably would have known Grandpa Goku. Uh, I, I don't know. I struggled trying to rate this. I'll give it a one point five, maybe a two. I have a one down on mine. Yeah. And like I feel like 1.5 is generous cuz at the end of the day when I really try to think about these movie ratings I think why would I recommend this to somebody? And I can't think of yeah. any good reason to recommend this movie to anybody. It's not a good introductory to the ser- series at any reason or any capacity. There's no throughput for it. Like you do not have to see this to understand anything and the last episode of GT is completely unnecessary. These characters will not exist more likely than anything so it, it feels like we watched this for you all yeah i i gave it a one because of the adventure flavor which i like but that's that's about it that i liked that in the one puck line about what he was really scared of yeah um and this actually made me dislike uh goku jr like me previously too, kind of, yeah. you know at the end of gt I would have just been like, ah, you know, well, they're just saying that the, you know, the lineage carries on and maybe there are future stories. But when they go back and they fill in some of the blanks leading up to that Tenkaichi and his Super Saiyan transformation, it made it worse. It didn't enhance anything, like literally nothing. Yeah. Um, so I I would not recommend watching this. Now, if if we're holding at one and one point five, which there's no reason why we shouldn't, to be honest. Um, that puts it in league with History of Bardock, which is, or not History of Ep- Bardock, Episode of Bardock, um, which we also rated in the ones. I'd have to look Wait, back. Episode but, of Bardock? Uh, That's got to be the one where he, it's like him. He goes Super in Saiyan. In the past. Yeah, because that movie's kind of hot garbage. But, but like the original Bardock movie, I rated pretty highly, I think. Yeah, History of Bardock is the good TV special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Episode, Episode of, Bardock. of Bardock is the short one with uh, Chilled. Yeah, it feels like fanfic. And it's bad. It feels like bad fanfic. So the two, so what we're learning here is the two things that we've rated the lowest so far are unnecessary, um, explain, uh, unnecessary narratives of how characters got to turn Super Saiyan at some point. I guess, um, like, and we liked one of them. Is this like, even, Bardock's freaking awesome? Is this even what this is though? Like, I did they make this to explain the last episode of G? Because this came out before the last episode of GT. This came out right after the baby saga was finished and before all of the other stuff. So, I mean, it's not like they did this to explain that last episode that, oh, he could go Super Saiyan. This just felt like unnecessary content, period. Yeah, and, and like, I'm in agreement. Episode of Bardock felt the same way, where it was like, oh, okay, so now you just complicated the history of Super Saiyans? Why? You know, like, that created a weird time paradox. But I did, the one thing that I liked about that one was the fact that it kind of planted that seed sure. of superstition around the golden-haired Saiyan yeah, or whatever that it was. that was cool. And it had Bardock, which was also cool. I'll, I'll take yeah. episode of Bardock over this a million times. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> I probably would too, especially because as much as we disliked episode of Bardock, it was much shorter. It was like 10 or 15 minutes, if I remember yeah, right. it's super long. Yeah, so don't go watch this, anyone. Yeah, yeah, we're we're doing you a favor by <laughs> covering this. You you know enough about it now to not watch it. Like 
it just kudos for sticking with us if you're here actually yeah um i actually was worried that i was gonna have to purchase this movie before i watched it um but it is included in the uh green gt complete series dvd box set um so i already had it and if you feel so inclined you can find it on internetarchives.org. that's how i watched it so yeah well i'm not i'm not psyched that i own it it's just i own it incidentally not intentionally (laughs) oh man that's great well this has been another episode of kaya cinema where we recap the movie so you don't have to watch it. <laughs> Hopefully the next one will be a little bit better. Like I really I'm excited to watch the live action. If anything because I've not seen it in such a long time that maybe in uh you know, uh hindsight being 2020, I'm walking into it knowing I'm not going to enjoy it for what it is. Maybe I can enjoy it for the cheesiness, you know what I mean? Or maybe because we did these in chronological order it will work out perfectly such that we'll go into this knowing how low the bar can be and and end up at the end of the Dragon Ball Evolution video or a podcast going, hey, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. It wasn't a hero's legacy bad. Yeah, true. But you know what? After that, we've got Battle of Gods, which I'm looking forward to because now we're getting into the more recent stuff that is a lot of fun and really sets up super. Uh, so I'm excited to get to those movies because... I know I like those. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those are going to be a blast to talk about. And they're probably going to be longer because each of those are feature film. Yeah, they're long. We haven't haven't really covered many of those. I think one of the unlicensed live action ones was that long and Evolution will be that long. So we're about to... We're about to have to cover more ground in the same amount of time, yeah, so yeah. that'll be interesting. It will be, uh, but you know, like I feel like if anything, we're going to get caught up in nostalgia with Battle of the Gods and Resurrection F because there's so much fun fan service in those movies, just for the Z Fighters, yeah. especially like the Resurrection uh, yeah. F, especially like that movie's just so well done. It's so much better than yeah. Battle of Gods, but either way, I'm excited for all the upcoming stuff. So we got one more hurdle before then. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully you enjoyed uh, today's episode. If anything, enjoyed the banter of uh, what could have been, I guess, because I feel like they could have done something different with those characters, and it might have been a little bit more fun. But that's neither here nor there. And yeah, they could have done nothing, and it would have been an improvement. <laughs> it would have been okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. We'll see everyone in, next week for an AMP episode, right? Because you and Mark have got a Tum episode coming out. Is that correct? Yes. I think we're finishing up volume four this next week. And then in two weeks time is when you and I will be circling the Dragon Evolution. Ball Evolution wagons. Yes. All right. We'll see everybody then. See you guys. Bye.